You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey gang, Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. What is going on? I'll tell you what's going on. We have a hell of an episode. Episode 38 is here with Jake and Tom, who do Top Gun, that's right, Maverick, Iceman, and Goose. All discussed in our newest episode, but before we get to it, please, if you have not done yet already, go to Gutting the Sacred Cow every single day. We've got new material up Every single day of the week. Also, grab a shirt, grab a bag, grab a, I don't know, mug for that vacation that you had to cancel because of COVID virus. And guess what? It will happen. Vacation. But the mug was with you forever, right? Right. And guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. If you want to advertise with us, that's the average, that's the address, excuse me, to find us. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Guttingthesacredcow.com. And now enjoy episode 38. Jake and Tom do... Top Gun. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah, it's trending right now. Yeah, that doesn't matter because we're good in the sacred cow. Roads, um. where we're going, we don't need <laughs> roads. Kevin Israel, we are here today. We are here. We're, this is our first duo we're doing on Gutting the Sacred Cow. I know. It's like our first orgy. Oh, Me, yeah. Be gentle. We have with us today Jake and Tom from Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Jake and Tom, why don't you take a quick second or two and tell us about your podcast and what you guys are all about. Take it away, Tom. You're way better at this than I am. I can't remember what our show was half the time. I'm usually drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's basically the show. Jake gets drunk and I have to edit it around it. Uh, we have been described as the conversations you hear from the other side of the bar from a couple of geeks who don't know how to drink anymore. We'll talk about anything from comic books, movies, television shows, to how we'd abuse time travel or any other strange things that pop into our head. True story. True story. Speaking of abusing time travel, and I had just mentioned before, I watched Back to the Future over and over again. The scene in Back to the Future, too, where they're like, we have to succeed in our mission. It's like, 
No, you don't. If you don't go back and find out when old Biff had, you know, went back in time, you could just went back over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, you have a time machine. And Groundhog Day an option, Doc. Yeah. There's a great there's a great fan theory involving uh, in that in the Back to the Future Two where Doc shows up right in the nick of time to save Marty in the tunnel, and there's a great fan theory that he that Marty died in that moment, and that's how Doc knew to go back at that exact moment that he actually went back again and saved Marty because he knew because Marty died. Isn't that's there a cool. isn't there anything worse than nerds with too much time in their fucking hands? <laughs> <laughs> But enough about that. I was going to say, that's where podcasting started. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was Louis Louis C.K. started podcasting, and then he whipped his dick out to a bunch of female comics. Don't you know your history, Jake and Tom? Just kidding. I actually knew that, but that's okay. (laughs) Jake and Tom have decided to go after a, I dare say, an American classic. (laughs) The 1986 hit Spectacular, which which jump-started naval recruitment, Top Gun. I remember... Can I just say there's an irony that we... The last episode we did uh, Independence Day, which came out in 1996, and was basically a pilot movie. And now we're doing a movie that came out in 1986 and is a pilot movie. Exactly right. This film came out in 86, like I'd said. And the only time I was ever in Hershey Park... Hershey Park, guys, is in Hershey Candy Bar. They have a fucking riot, a real serious roller coasters and shit there. They had a one movie theater, movie theater house next to the hotel adjacent. Yeah. Connecting to the hotel we were staying at right there, the, the main Hershey park hotel. And it was playing. I go, I got to see this film. I got to see this film. My dad goes, we did not get in a car for three and a half fucking hours. So you can go see movies. And we miss roller coasters. That's so. such a dad thing to say. It's absolutely a dad thing. Yeah, yeah. Top Gun, Kevin Israel. It's now time to play the guessing game of what the scores were of these films. IMDb, the old one to ten. What did Top Gun get from IMDb? Uh, I'm going to say seven. Very, very close. As Bill and Ted would say, six point nine, dude. Sixty nine. Rotten Tomato scores. Give me the people score first. Let's mix Ooh, it up. Why are you switching up on me? Don't do I, that. I wanna, people, yeah. I, I feel like this movie is beloved. I got to think that this has like an 86. Very close. 83. All right. All right. Critic oh, wow. score. What did, it, what did it register? It's definitely going to be lower. I'm going to say it's – you know what? I feel like the critics probably just brutalized this. So I'm going to say a 61. Not low enough. 54. Wow. Well, all right. I was going in the right direction. Top Gun in 1986 had a budget of $15 million, but took home a grand total of $356.8 million in 1986. In 2020 terms, a $35.2 million budget with a haul of $838.6 million. Marvel money. That's close. That's that's some that's fuck that's... me money, not fuck you money. <laughs> quotes. Kevin Israel. How about you I go mean, first of the quotes? I they're, they're, I'm sure you're the same five, but go ahead. I mean, it's just I, this is this is an incredibly quotable movie. That it is. Um, uh, all right. Rules are carnal knowledge <laughs> of a lady this time. On the premises, <laughs> and I got to tell you, and this is gonna, this is incredibly cheesy, but the uh, 
the the scene where they in the bar where they uh, they sing to her. My fraternity that became like well, that was our thing. Like every formal, we would sing that song to the our dates. Oh, so you're unoriginal hacks in the fraternity. Yeah. I see. Oh, because I mean, that's what a fraternity is. That's why you join a fraternity. When you our, join a fraternity, because you're original. Our, ple- <laughs> our our pledge song, excuse me, was Islands in the Stream. Thank you very much. So yeah, okay. So you were in a gay fraternity. Good for you. <laughs> uh, but we won our sing-off as we did the recreation of the video "Uptown Girl" by Billy. Oh yeah, we did the we, we had the, like, the whole thing too. Um, I mean, like this movie is so. I mean, every scene there's some quote that you, you're gonna reference at some point. Uh, you were putting hack twice for two high-speed passes, one and over one Admiral's daughter, Penny Benjamin. Yeah. And you, you should just be happy to be here. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll knock out the obvious one, so I'll go from most obvious to my new favorite one. I don't – well, sorry. This is what I call a target-rich environment, which is what every fucking dude says. And any more, it's almost as – I think that's probably the second most appreciated one or my favorite, number one, no matter where you are. Someone will always get a head nodded, a wink from me is when someone is at the bar ordering drinks and says, Utah, give me two. Doesn't miss. <laughs> Doesn't fucking miss. Next one, take me to bed, goose, or lose me forever. Obvious. I feel the need, the need for speed. I don't like you because you're dangerous. By the way, wait, by the way, and this is a great point, and I hate to harken back to our last episode, but I feel the need, the need for speed. That scene was recreated almost point for point when Will Smith and, uh, 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 what's his name? President? The singer. Yeah. No, the oh, singer. No, Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. walking out, and they go, let's kick the tires and light the fires, good yeah. buddy. It's the exact same scene. Does every pilot walk out with his buddy and just say some corny shit before they get in the plane? And my new favorite one. You screw up this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a right one now. Okay. <laughs> so now this takes us to our the guest turn. This is their time to shine. This is where Tom and Jake are going to do their best and gut the, the sacred cow. All right, so... I would say that this is a terrible movie, but I, I'm not sure if this is actually a movie. Go I would on. say it is a combination of a recruitment video presented in the style of a 1980s badly done hair metal video. Speaking of recruitment, very quick you know, edit, Tom, Tom, you look like a guy who does recruit for the Navy with that haircut and those glasses. Hey, someone's got to do it. <laughs> but no, the the characters are amazingly flat. They're not really all that developed. The dialogue is atrocious. Just bad. Nobody talks like that. <laughs> On top of that, the other thing that I really kind of noticed about this is it felt like it was just a collection of 1980s cliches. I'm seeing shadows of, say, A New Hope, Star Wars A New Hope. I'm seeing a lot of... Karate Kid. I'm seeing Hot Dog the Movie. <laughs> I haven't heard a Hot Dog the Movie reference wow. in easily 20 years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Think about it. Instead of having the jock douchebag rival ski uh, instructor, you have the jock douchebag fighter pilot. 
<laughs> that's essentially all that Val Kilmer is in this movie. On top of that, just like at the end of Karate Kid, where William Zapka's character says, hey, you're all right, Lewis, so in hands in the trophy, that's exactly the culmination of Iceman and you can Maverick's ride character. Wingman anytime. Yeah. You can ride my tail anytime. No, we could ride yep. my, you could ride wing with me anytime, boys. Let's make sure we get it right. <laughs> they have the touchdown after the big pew-pew spaceship or airplane battle, just like at the end of New Hope. This is not an original movie. This is a poorly, badly edited movie where I don't think the shots last more than two seconds apiece. And somehow they managed to make French kissing look disgusting. The scene where it's dimly lit with the blue light and you just see Tom Cruise's little tongue jut out through his tiny, well, fuck, huge teeth. Sorry. He actually made making out with a beautiful woman seem really, really gross. All right, so uh, hold on. I, I, take, I take average of that. Kelly McGillis, beautiful. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. She's 1980s beautiful. Yeah. And that's the other thing. This movie is dated so badly. It just drips of 1985. And I'm one of those people who just can't understand the appeal of the retro fascination of the 1980s. We're all old enough to remember the 80s. It fucking sucked. New Coke, bad sweaters, and Reagan. Uh, did not suck. Nintendo, <laughs> Cosby pre-rape, and back. I would argue that Top Gun is one of the worst Nintendo games ever. Also, and, well, that's very true. But also, transfer the best era for cartoons: Transformers, GI Joe, Thundercats, He-Man. Yeah, but you go back and watch mm-hmm. those things as an adult. You oh, go, they're, they're, oh my god, up. they're just they cartoons. Some hold up. They're car- commercials disguised as cartoons. Terrible. He-Man is not good. Transformers and G.I. Joe, I will fly to... Transformers, yes, Transformers, I will defend to to the death. But, yeah, He-Man, garbage. Yes. Um, What? He-Man was great in his day. What? Rewatching He-Man. He-Man was great when you were five. They filmed filmed five scenes and somehow turned it into 80 episodes. Well, that was the technology they had at the time. That's all they could do. That That was was the budget they had at the time. It was laziness. And also... I, I hate to say it, but a lot of this movie just feels really cheap, where you could tell that they had the actors in a single cockpit environment that they filmed up close, and they had rear projection in the background, and they did the old Star Trek trick where they just kind of shook the camera. It's just it's a cheap-looking, hokey, cheesy, badly written, awfully awful dialogue. I just don't understand the appeal of this. This was the first time I watched this movie since I was 10 years old. 10-year-old Tom, even back in 1986, realized, wait a second, this is a piece of shit. 42-year-old Tom couldn't remember why I hated it, but now I have a feeling I hate it on a whole new level. Wait a minute. 10-year-old Tom watched that movie and didn't just want to be a fighter pilot a little bit? Wow. I knew that Tom Cruise was that's a that's bag. It took a, a good five years before I was willing to give him another chance in a movie. I'll tell you, 10-year-old Kevin sure dug the fuck out of Val Kilmer and Iceman. That's for goddamn sure. Nah, right, Ice Val Kilmer man. a real genius any day. That's just a boring character. Like, you could have literally put anybody in that role, and it would have been fine, because Val Kilmer has no character whatsoever. The whole no. Time. He's an asshole, which I loved. I that's just, all his... But he's my boring reflection, It's a reflection. He's my... I have my notes. He's my fucking spirit animal, all right? <laughs> He's my spirit animal. He went out there. 
If he, Kevin Goatee held a loft He-Man's magic sword, he would be Val Kilmer. Ice Man. Val Kilmer. Listen, by the power of douchebags. Val Kilmer. Aviator sunglasses and everything. He didn't talk. He didn't suffer bullshit. He went out there and kicked their fucking asses and won. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I actually, so uh, to, to mirror Tom, I was also about nine or ten when I watched this movie, and I have not watched it since. Uh, unlike Tom, I remembered almost nothing about it, except the fact that I didn't really care for it. Like, it didn't really do anything for me. I mean, again, I was ten and was probably, would rather watch He-Man than have to watch this. So uh, when I sat down and rewatched it recently, the other night, um, I really was just uh, unimpressed with everything. Like, I really couldn't, I can't wrap my head around why this movie was so successful. And But then I remembered, this was probably a huge date movie. This was probably a movie that uh, if I was a teenager at the time, I would take a, a young lady to go see because I know she's going to want to see it because 80% of the movie is a bunch of topless, sweaty men. Meow. I mean, that's Including literally every other scene. Guy, the, the guy from Back to the Future was amazingly sweaty in this movie. Everyone was James sweaty. Tolkien? That set must have been 120 degrees all the time. There was no air conditioning back in 1986, apparently. That place, every, <laughs> every scene, everyone has got a bead of sweat going down there. <laughs> well, let's also not forget they're in Miramar, California, which is like close to San Diego, where, where it is fucking hot. So... <laughs> And if you're in a, in a naval carrier when you're in tight, clo- close quarters with everybody, body heat, no, no, no circulating air, it's going to get hot. So it's no wonder they have to have 17 shower scenes because they're constantly having to get the sweat <laughs> off their body. I mean, after, I mean, I mean, how many times have you guys play, been playing volleyball shirtless with jeans? I mean, <laughs> that's this in the week. notes. <laughs> today was 70 degrees. I had three games in today, guys. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't showered yet. <laughs> I'm nice and gamey right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see why this movie was probably playing in my house because I, I I am the youngest out of four and I have three uh, uh, older sisters. And I'm sure they probably all of them, or at least one or two of them, probably loved this movie just for the constant topless men in this movie. Sexy topless men. Oh, thank you for giving credit where credit is due. Listening. You know what? I, I can appreciate the product for that. <laughs> <laughs> what other points you guys have? Uh, my, my one only really major one for me and, and Tom and I both dislike this movie kind of for different reasons. Uh, I feel this movie was kind of a lie because it really it felt to me like I hear a lot of people talk about this movie as like a good macho guy movie. And this is, this is essentially uh, I hate using this phrase. I really feel in 2020, I should come up with a better phrase than this, but it's basically a chick flick disguised as a guy movie. Good point. All it is, I mean, okay. when they start, he- when you first start hearing, uh, what was the name of the song? Take your breath away. It was a big, huge. Hit. Take my breath away. Take my breath away. Um, um, my start, which again. starts, which starts like eight times over a twenty-minute fr- twenty-minute thing. Like as soon as they start meeting up and they have their date at the Powell's and he wants to go shower and it starts. Okay, they're gonna start banging. The- oh no, that doesn't. And then the music starts up again, and then like like it just would not end. I had issues. By the way, Tom Cruise. Or Maverick leaving her house after the first date, such a baller move. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. such a that was such a pimp move. That's when an she alpha clearly move. is DTF. He just goes, "I yeah. really enjoyed being here," yeah. and then just leaves. I was like, "Oh my god!" At ten years old, I was like, "I hope I can do that someday. <laughs> I hope I can be in that position someday." 
She 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 must have ended up like one of those people who are transforming, but not to the part of full werewolf yet. She must have been crawling around her fucking house, all juiced stuff. And when the motorcycle drove away, that wasn't the motorcycle engine you heard. <laughs> it was a fucking beef left. <laughs> Which proves that there's no way that this was a real person. A real no no young twenty something year old guy is just going to be like, peace out and leave. I would also argue two other things about this movie that I thought were kind of odd. At least one thing about this movie and then another thing about Tom Cruise was the ending didn't make a whole lot of sense. You have the U.S. Navy literally investing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in this guy's training so he can go off and fight the Ruskies. And what does he do after he graduates? He becomes an instructor. I don't see that going over very well with the brass. Well, he's a liability. He's too busy doing flybys and shit. He's still and making, dangerous. And making, and, and making guys spill coffee all over himself three fucking times. But <laughs> well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, speaking of the ending, I got one other little complaint. This is a minor thing. Please. So, uh, you know, after he gets over Goose's death, again, 20 minutes after the, he dies, you know, he's, he's done. He's over it. Um, and he uh, takes the dog tags out and chucks him into the sea to never be seen again. I'm like, Goose had a son. I feel like that maybe you should have given the dog tags to him and not just chucked him into the sea. I don't know. Minor thing yeah. that bugged the crap out of me. No, I agree. That's a good catch. I, uh, I, I, I definitely can see that, sure. There was no real reason for that. Also, this movie was, I, I think we could agree that it was pretty much the peak cruise. You know, you had Tom oh, Cruise no, everywhere. No, no, oh, no, no, no. This is nowhere near this is Pete a, this Cruise. This is the start of Oh, Pete. thank you. This is this is the ascent. This is the, the most bottom part of the ascent. We aren't even close to Pete Cruise, I, my friend. I'm going to go as far as to say that this is, you know, Cruise is a fine, fine wine. I mean, this is just the beginning of Cruise. Oh, I, can't, I actually I, like older Tom Cruise way better than I do younger Tom Cruise. Well, no, those are fine because... words, and I'll see you outside. <laughs> The reason why is well, I'm sorry, Tom. I don't have your back on this one. <laughs> back in the early, I'd say the early '90s, late '80s, he essentially played the same character again and again and again. Well, he can't. Act. I mean, he's not a, a great actor. <laughs> I disagree. He's Tom Cruise. You hire Tom Cruise because you want Tom Cruise. I showed his he, performances he, in uh, Born in the Fourth of July and Magnolia. I'd say that he's a phenomenal actor when he's given the right material that he can sink his teeth into. Jerry Maguire. I mean, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, if you're into that. But uh, there's not a whole lot of difference between the character in this movie versus the character in Days of Thunder versus the character in Cocktail. He's essentially playing 80s Tom Cruise. Uh, you forgot Eyes Wide Shut. How fucking dare you? Another cinematic masterpiece where he Fair pretended enough. where he pretended to be straight and get a hard on for Nicole Kidman. Now that's <laughs> acting for him. Not for me, but for him. Nicole Kidman is still fucking hot. Let's just put that right out there right now. She's no argument there. Fair. And come on, Cruise, Mission Impossible, especially now, especially Fallout, that is insane. Minority Report. Uh, um, uh, Edge of would you tomorrow? say that he is permeating Edge of tomorrow is consciousness one of the day most like underrated was in the late 80s, I can't early agree 90s? Say that again, I'm sorry. Would you say that he is permeating the popular culture the way he was back then? No, because that he, you can't get pregnant twice. He already got there, and he's maintained that level in the stratosphere. He doesn't have to do that, because once he popped with Top Gun, that's it. He's already there, and he never wavered. Not for a second. 
Finally, oh, fi- I, I finally, disagree. I, he I'll had that whole. No, he had a couple. He had a couple bad films, spur- but but they were dispersed throughout. He was you, also you, the couch hopping Scientology weirdo that really has damaged his. Damaged. He was still making a shit. The only person that damaged was Katie Holmes. That's why she didn't get asked to be in the Dark Knight. But Tom <laughs> Cruise did not suffer any financial loss of films or anything. He had Tom Cruise. Listen, making a Top Gun sequel. It's out. It's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, out. but they're also making like fifty thousand Fast and Furious movies. That doesn't mean they're good. They're all well. That makes it make money. And if it don't make money, then you're dead in this town. Which he makes money, so he's not well, dead. I'm not talking about making money versus well, quality. I mean, Jeff Foxworthy is the number one selling comedian of all time. Are you going to say that that makes him a better comedian than George Carlin, Richard Pryor, or Sam Kinison? Better at marketing. Better at finding that audience to get them to pay him, see him over Better and over. Better quality product. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't say that. David Tell, Rodney Dangerfield, blow him out of the fucking water. But then again, exactly. hey, he found that. So, I mean, audience but your argument that financial uh, success is the, the only thing I would disagree with. No, but it didn't. But here's where I disagree with your point. You said because of the whole dancing and the couch thing that was going to torpedo him. Nope, not when he's making millions and millions and millions of dollars every fucking film. The, the best quote I've ever read recently was in Belichick's biography, and I'm a Giants fan, so fuck mm-hmm. the Patriots. Let's get that out in the open. <laughs> so when they said, so when Robert Kraft says, people ask him, aren't you sick and tired of, of Belichick and his post-game conferences and his, and his lack of respect for reporters? He goes, not until he goes eight and eight. <laughs> so when Tom Cruise stops bringing home the bacon, then people, because of his horse shit, then he'll find himself out of jobs. But when he's bringing home that fucking bank every time with every movie he's in, they're going to sign those checks with a smile to make Tom Cruise films. That, but I wouldn't say fact- that movies like American Made and the Jack Reacher movies are knocking it out of the park the way that his earlier movies have. Well, American I'll well, tell Jack, you what, Reacher, I'll, Jack I'll Reacher 1 is good. Jack Reacher 2 sucked. I, was I would to the agree. I also really movie. liked American Made. I was, a, that was, I was right. not I making Top Gun money. I'm a huge Jack Reacher fan. I've read all of the books. I'm Me a too. huge Jack Reacher fan. I was so excited when they announced they were going to be making movies. It was originally supposed to be with The Rock. And then, uh, and then Tom Cruise bought the rights to the movies and decided he, and originally he said he wasn't going to be in it. And then he decided he wanted to be the character. And the author came out and made some shit statement about how because Jack Reacher is supposed to be six six and three hundred pounds, and blonde hair and blue eyes. Also. Yeah, and uh, and clearly Tom Cruise is none of those. Uh, but the first Jack Reacher movie I watched, and I was actually like, you know what, that wasn't bad. That was I a was, good movie. I went to see that movie. I saw it in the theater, and I went just to be pissed off. And I walked out going, "Fuck, that wasn't bad." Now I don't think it was really Jack Reacher, but it was still. I enjoyed the movie. And I, I was watched- like, that motherfucker made a movie, made me like a movie I wanted to hate. That movie, I, I watched. I thought it. the I same watched. thing about Interview with a Vampire. I was prepared to hate that movie. Yeah. It was actually pretty damn good. Gentlemen, any other points you have before we move on to our next segment? I think I've said my piece. Jake, what about yourself, sir? Uh, you know, I really would love to grind in this movie more, but I think I, I, I've complained all that I could about it. You know, Tom and I, we really racked our brains for trying to find a movie that him and I both don't like. Uh, and watching this movie, yeah, I don't like this movie, but I don't hate it. I will say there that I had to actually that, watch the third act twice because I fell asleep. It, this movie put me to sleep. Mm. I like how you said Grinder and Tom Cruise in the same sentence. I see what you <laughs> do, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Let's go to our critics' five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Slickly made. 
It's a fairly entertaining watch that doesn't provide much beyond surface thrills, although we've had, had had fun analyzing its unintentional homoerotic content. <laughs> Top Gun works best as a sort of time capsule, a window into a pretty spectacular decade for big-budget filmmaking. Like many films from its decade, Top Gun is steeped in 80s culture, from the top 40 music to the clothing styles. All right, all run of the mill. Critics One Star Reviews. Critics One Star Reviews. Critics One Star Reviews. Cruise, the cheesy soundtrack, and the stunning aerial photography that marks out its combat scenes are its three main selling points. A movie for adolescents and adults who willfully decide not to know better for a couple of hours. <laughs> Noisy, slick, and shallow. Tony stop. Tony, I said Tony Stark. Jesus Christ. Tony, <laughs> Tony Scott's MTV-like actioner became emblematic of the 1980s blockbusters, reflecting its macho bravado and cheap elitism, the mood of the Reagan era. In the process, it also made Tom Cruise the biggest star of its generation. Every time I see it, I just want to smash Tom Cruise's smug, arrogant face into the into the cockpit windshield. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that one. And the last one. The was only, almost poetic. Yeah. The only thing, and by the way, to have a critic review that makes us smirk or not groan in disgust at their overusage of 25-cent vocabulary words is a pretty big feat here, gentlemen. <laughs> the only thing that got me through the movie was the hilariously dumb and macho rivalry between Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. Now, Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. It was awesome. I mean, fighter jets shooting at each other with missiles. Hello. I didn't much care if Tom Cruise was able to woo Kelly McGillis or not when I was a youngster. I just wanted to see the Jets. But as I've gotten older, the love story, as melodramatic as it may be, is far more interesting than it was as a kid. So the movie has actually gotten more interesting to me over time. And of course, there are still Jets and missiles. You really can't go wrong. <laughs> was this written by Tom Hanks' character in the film Big? I was going to say, it was written by a 12-year-old. Yeah. He was like, he's, I'm older now. I'm 13. <laughs> 13 I can, and a half. I can save it till 9.30 is my bedtime now. <laughs> Next one. In case you are wavering in your understanding that America is the greatest nation on the planet, both historically and currently, this movie should reinforce this fundamental knowledge. Rejecting communism versus Reagan's belief in peace through strength? Check. Exhibiting American dominance in the skies over countries yearning to breathe free air? You betcha. <laughs> Promulgulating the positive aspects of shirtless beach volleyball? Duh. Kenny Loggins' powerful, lyrical genius. It bursts out of this movie like an AIM-54 missile launched by an F-14A Tomcat to intercept the MiG-28. This movie is so baller, I know. This movie is so baller that the United States uses to set up recruiting stations directly outside of movie, movie theaters and casually enjoyed a huge spike in enlistment. Now, in my opinion, here are some words that should never go together. Kenny Loggins and powerful, lyrical genius. That guy was wearing aviators and had an erection the entire time he wrote that review. <laughs> and it plays like, what, five times during the whole movie? Like, they intercut that freaking part of the, uh, here I am. Here I am. And, and, and while chewing his gum like a horse chewing cud duck. Yeah. Gross. Next one. I have a love-hate relationship with Mr. Tom. 
What is it, Tiny Tim? I have, I mean, one minute in his career is awesome. Later movies, not so much. I guess you love what you like and so forth, and it's nothing to do with his, with his religious beliefs. That is his decision, not mine. Not one that I think <laughs> about. I am talking acting here. Some folks might have an opinion about that. Not me. Next one. Angered my wife playing the intro to this movie too loud on my soundbar slash bass. I didn't care, though, and just kept humming along, smiley face. She ended up watching it with me anyway. Great movie. P.S. My wife was Googling divorce lawyers the entire time I was watching Top Gun, <laughs> and she also hummed, Janie's Got a Gun. <laughs> Great song. Is it? I love that song. I could take it or leave it. Next one. Hate Tom Cruise and his Napoleon complex coupled with his Scientology crap. But I did like the movie and the F-14 flying scenes. And now, gentlemen, it is time for our favorite section, the Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. The best of the best. This movie is all day. This, this movie consists of entirely of a jumpsuit, a towel, a volleyball, and two hours of gay innuendo. <laughs> That's a, that might be the best review. I was going to say, that doesn't make one that of. actually sounds better than the actual movie. <laughs> one of. Not sure if many people remember how bad this movie is. Everyone is constantly sweaty. The repeat... <laughs> The repeat at the beginning of Take My Breath Away five times before we hear actual words to the movie and the story makes no sense. This is a bad movie by today's standards and should be forgiven because it's just an old movie. Written by Thomas Coe. No. Hey! That's no. <laughs> pretty much on point. No. I was going to say, it's not that far <laughs> off. <laughs> Next one. Discussing jingoist horse shit. Celebrating military hardware and the paid killers who use it. Featuring amateur writing and acting and the same old music you've heard in every sports bar you've ever tried to eat in. Signed, Michael Moore and his lesbian trucker wardrobe. <laughs> you? you dig the jokes. This movie did not stand the test of time. Loved it as a kid, but hate it now. The flying scenes are still good, but the story is horrible. And let's be honest, it's homoerotic. Half the movie they spend in the lover room and their giant tightly whiteies it's tidy. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. And they're giant tidy whities or oiled up on the beach flexing. At least half the movie spent in the locker room. Signed, the Reverend Billy Graham. <laughs> Again, that's, that's the strong point of this movie. Okay. It made me want to go out and get jockey shorts. I'll tell you that. What do you mean? You already don't have 25 pairs of them? What, what are you missing on? Especially the- <laughs> well, not with the, the intact elastic. Oh, I see. You like him. Okay, gotcha. Kevin Israel, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go first for our notes. You ready? Go for it. Who's a bigger ball buster in movie history than James Tolkien? The guy who was the Navy commander? Loved him. Or, as I call him, Principal Strickland on a battleship. By the way, if he tried smoking a cigar in the radar room of today's Navy, he'd be court-martialed and then beaten with soap inside of towels. (laughs) You know what, though? The only person who looks cooler smoking a cigar than him is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't he, agree. I can't agree more. Right. <laughs> the way he was chewing on that cigar, I was like, nobody actually smokes a cigar like that, but you look awesome doing it. <laughs> Which means he was jonesing for some serious coke. Right. <laughs> Next thing up, 
Who has, by the way, who has a camera in a fighter jet? I'm pretty sure the last thing you don't want crashing around on the inside of a cockpit doing double, yeah, cockpit, doing double barrel rolls while doing 300 miles an hour is a bulky Polaroid camera. I think the Navy would have a problem with random shit in a $300 million plane. Just keeping up foreign relations. Stop being a nitpicker. As I said before, and I'll say it again gladly, Iceman is my fucking spirit animal. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing more cringeworthy, cringeworthy than dudes who break out into song at bars. If that works on women, shame on you. You're the problem. Did you hear the story I told earlier? I did. <laughs> and I just, and these are all typed out, so it's like I called this on the fly. <laughs> I mean, you could have left that one out, Kev. You didn't have to. You could have no, it. no, no. Uh, I'm not throwing away B or A plus material. Next right, one. How the ironic where Tom Cruise allegedly is gay and pretend to like Kelly McGillis, who now is a lesbian. <laughs> Simpler times, the 80s, where you, could, where you could follow a woman into a bathroom and not be me too faster than you can set fire to a target. Well, in all fairness, they didn't have the keychain pepper spray back then. Mm. Or a simple no would stop most guys in their tracks, but not crucial. Let's talk race in this film, because this took out to me like a sore thumb. Did you notice the black fighter pilot, who I'll get to his name in a minute, so don't think I'm just going to put him in a corner. The black fighter pilot in the locker room scene where Iceman and Maverick were just were, were going back and forth. Watch it again. He's sitting in the back, just stroking his leg. How creepy <laughs> and weird is it? Well, two dudes are arguing and nothing but a towel, and the other guy is stroking his fucking leg. And by the way, I'm pretty sure in the beginning of the scene, he doesn't have sunglasses on, and then at the end, he has his sunglasses on. That's very true. He does. And also, he was the guy who sang at the end of the song at the, in the bar. I did yeah. not pick that up. Okay. Baby, baby, not get oh. down on my knees. Oh, yeah. Next point, who the fuck plays volleyball in jeans? Answer, the same people who play softball in jeans, which means I don't take either of them seriously. Anyone else watch the volleyball scene while, while wearing mesh shorts, scratching yourself more than normal, and waiting for your T-cell count to drop? No? Just me? <laughs> <laughs> One dinner date and an elevator flirtation, and she falls for him. Sounds like someone's trying to trap a husband. What's next? Condoms with holes pricked in them? Ugh. She's weird. How long was Tom Cruise on top of Kelly McGillis before he started to picture that he was on, that Cruise was actually on top of Tom Skerritt? <laughs> that mustache. By the way, I don't know about you fellas, but I've never had a conversation with anyone that long while wearing just a towel, ever. <laughs> and let's see if you're with me on this one Meg Ryan is the Jennifer Aniston of the 80s cute but I never wanted a banger wait a minute you I watched the breakup and you, you didn't want to bang Jennifer Aniston I still want to bang Meg Ryan I'm okay. sorry I, I can't well do you, have you seen her now she looks like Howard the Duck uh, got stung by 10,000 bees don't yeah. worry yeah. Would be a great name I gotta suffer through it I can right. remember the good times. Anison in, in, in the breakup would look good, but she just she has has that permanent Renee Zellweger the look on her face, like like she walked in someone's fart cloud look on her face all the time. She, I just always assume she's either in real life absolutely crazy, 
or a, just a raging bitch. Because there's no way that many dudes were with her and then just dropped her. Oh, thank you. And yet, yeah, oh, I hate improv, but yes, and or she shits with the bathroom door open. <laughs> Let's not forget. And then ask you to smell it. Oh my <laughs> god, my wife does that. Does she? <laughs> she really does. We've been together now for over 20, uh, 22, I don't know, a long time. Uh, a lot of years. And uh, I've, I've expressed, I really fucking hate it when she does it. And she doesn't get it. So this is going to be called Gutting the Sacred Cow, episode 33, where Jacob is now introducing Exhibit A into divorce court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marriage therapy. We're yeah. here for I could keep going. I could keep going. There's a lot more things. Two more points. Two or three more points. The Black Fighters call sign. Are you ready for this one? Did you pick this one up, fellas? Sundown. How late? Oh. How? I did know that. Fucking, you know what? And I looked at his helmet and I looked at the credits just to make sure. How fucking lazy. What, what well, was they, that or midnight? And they yeah. were like, you know, oh, we're going to go. Was it that? Or did they reject brownout? Or did they, re- <laughs> did they reject blackout? Or did they reject Wesley Snipes? One of those could have fit. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> And what weirdo sits nearby runways to take watch jets take off? I get it. You're in the flying. Fine. But you know what? You don't see me sitting outside of John Holmes, Lexington Steel, or T.T. Boy's home. You know why? Because two of those three guys are dead. And those are the only male porn star names I could think of for this joke. <laughs> <laughs> James, Is Lexington Steel dead? Yes, he's dead. How do I know that? Lawrence Deloach told me that. My buddy. Another comic. Dad. James Tolkien's character is fucking useless. He vomits out every single military cliche you can think of. Last second, the last one. The guy who gets coffee spilled on him passes the rule of three, but this gag tires after once. I want some butts! Oh, the worst. (laughs) This film definitely has holes, many of which that our esteemed guests have pointed out. This is enjoyable 80s cheese for me. I'm not going to hate it. I'm not going to defend it either. I give it a six. Kevin Israel. So ironically, I watched this movie uh, a week ago. My wife told me that she'd never seen the whole movie. So I was like, well, looks like we're watching Top Gun today. How did she? Uh, how did you? How did you marry her? Not she's not seeing Top Gun. That's I don't. Yeah, I, you know what? It, it, I, I didn't know. Otherwise, those vows would have ended. <laughs> um, so we watched it, and then I, I was, for some reason, I just started taking notes, and I, I wrote a post about Top Gun, and it's all the notes that I would have made anyway, so this is, uh, this is what I've got. Um, and some of it's been said already, which, is, which I found funny. Uh, why was everyone on, a, on the aircraft carrier sweating? $8 billion for a boat, and nobody put AC in it? Um, and it was more than just a few beads of sweat. The, uh, the, the, cap, the captain on the boat, uh, the principal... Uh, he was doused in sweat. He looked like he just got done running a marathon and was told that he had to go deal with Maverick. Um, how come no one told Iceman that he looked like a douche wearing sunglasses in a bar? Like they I guess all did, were, though. They all did that. And I, but you know, so some of it, I think it was like half and half. And you had to have those buddies who'd be like, "Bro, you look fucking retarded. Take the take the glasses off." I always because the rule. All of them of- are wearing them. That's why no one figured it out. That's that's fair. That's fair. There are only three people allowed to wear sunglasses indoors. Corey Stevie Hart. Wonder and the Blues Brothers. <laughs> well, 
What about Neo in the Matrix and his game? Nope. Stevie Wonder and the Blues Brothers. <laughs> mm, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take Neo and Trinity wearing sunglasses. The, um, the entire bar knew that song. They all knew that song. Everyone is that like their Thursday night ritual? They always do that. Everyone knew that song. I'm willing to bet though that was like a Navy bar, and they're all buddies. And this is something they just do every fucking week. Yeah, that's a that's a regulars hangout. I'll let that slide. Number four is a special one that's, and I've I've posted this on Facebook in the past ten times, at least three times in ten years, at least three times, and nobody's been able to answer it. And I've had I've had pilots say that they couldn't couldn't answer it. Would there ever be a reason for the tower to grant a flyby? <laughs> Every time he requests it, it gets denied. Why would they let you buzz the tower? You're breaking the sound barrier next to glass. It would shatter. There's no reason to ever. The only reason, the most, the the closest I could get to an explanation, and this was from a naval pilot, said if they thought something was wrong with the plane. And they wanted you to fly by so you, they could take a look at it. But then you know what? You just land the plane and they take a, so I, 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 hopefully if, listen, if you're listening to this and you have some reason, I, it would, I, I could, I can die happy knowing why anyone would ever grant a flyby. I think Jerry Simpson and Don Bruckheimer, who are notorious Coke fiends because one of them died of a Coke overdose. So like, let's do a flyby. We have to have permission. I don't give a shit. We're just going to have it. And have the guy spill coffee on him. Not once, not twice, but thrice. That's what's going to happen. Oh yeah. And let's get the guy from, from back to the future in there to shop a cigar and sweat his balls off. <sighs> Bring on the and, and it's fine. And, it, and they answer the response would be fine. If it's just, it's just an asshole thing. Pilots do like, I'd be okay with that. Sure. But I still haven't heard anything. Um, moving on. Who wraps their wrists for a pickup game of volleyball? Pussy. You're just playing a leisurely game of volleyball and you're wrapping your wrists? That is very intense. And to, to tag onto all your points, you're wearing jeans. So it can't be that serious. So I'm <laughs> going to play in my jeans barefoot and wrap my wrists because I'm, I'm a fucking volleyball player. The only reason that you wear jeans is you were on your way to do something else and it was, oh, hey, let's do a quick pickup game of volleyball. Right. <laughs> I think um, this is going to sound gay. I don't care. If that was me and someone said, let's get a volleyball game, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine playing in jeans. I'd get my boxer and say, you know, I can move freely, more freely than oh, I absolutely. in jeans. 100%. The idea of sweating and getting about all the little crevices inside the jeans that the yeah. sand could get into. Sweating and getting sand in your jeans. I can't imagine. I chafe already. I'd I play naked before I'd wear jeans. Yeah. Which probably the director pushed because I got to yeah. believe the director every well, morning said, "All right, guys, today we're going to do everything topless." Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the funny um, thing is, I wear a shirt today, it, boss. No. No, 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 no. That's my point. One of the guys. Oh, it was fucking. It was Goose. Goose must have had bitch shits because he was the only guy not topless. Oh, he definitely. Well, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, but he did he, have that kind of rapist mustache thing going. That was, in all fairness, that's 1986. And he had the the front of a he he had the front of a mullet, but not the back. He also probably had a shirt that says "Mustache Rides for Free" <laughs> <laughs> that he bought from Spencer's Gifts. Maverick and Charlie are so obvious. How did she keep her job? It was so blatant that they were banging, and that they were going to bang. Anybody could have picked it up. I worked at Friendlies in college, and I knew a waiter who dated a manager, and they both got fired. Friendlies does a better job of HR than the Navy does. And this is wait, 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 wait. They don't usually fuck around with that. 
No. Wait a minute. You, you're a friendly guy. I worked at Chili's, and <laughs> it was almost encouraged that everyone fucked their employees. Oh, yeah. no. Friendly's was, friendlies was like the fucking military about shit. Really? Like they were no joke about that. Managers were, no... were fucking waitresses, waitresses in the sun. If, you, if you were two waiters, you could bang. But the manager and uh, the waiter, um, and, that, oh, and she, she might, might have also been a little young. Um, oh. She was 12. That's good. The, uh, the Navy has faster, more maneuverable jets that were comparable to the MiGs. Why didn't they just use those instead of the F-14s? Why were they flying around these big, cumbersome jets if they had better jets? Um, uh, if I was having a nice lunch and two idiots started playing the piano and singing like a bad karaoke <laughs> night, I'd be pretty pissed. These two assholes just in a restaurant where everybody's hanging out and they start singing Great Balls of Fire, go fuck yourself. I'm trying to have some chili fries. And in, in that scene, by the way, you <laughs> so see true. couples sitting at tables and trying to enjoy a meal while these assholes are doing it. And you can tell, because I've been there. I've been in a noisy restaurant trying to have a conversation with someone and some assholes deciding to freaking make a huge scene. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And finally, Meg Ryan's accent sounds like someone who heard someone else do a bad impression of a southern accent and said, that's what I'm going with for this movie. Nobody in the South sounds anything like that. Take me to bed or lose me forever, you big stud. It's like she burped that line out instead of said it. All of that said, I do love this movie. <laughs> I knew it. And I feel like I'm just going just gonna to be repeating what I would, the uh, Independence Day. Uh, I've, I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. I saw it was ten when I was 10 and then probably every year after. It will always, it, it, it's a bad movie. It is a bad movie. It's, it's oddly homoerotic. Nothing makes sense. Why did Maverick win one dogfight and then he's suddenly going to be an instructor? Like he thought he could, like he, that gave him enough experience to be an instructor at Top Gun. That's ridiculous. The whole movie's ridiculous. The acting isn't great. The, uh, the, the jet fighter scenes were very cool. I wanted to be a jet pilot the minute I saw this movie. Uh, and I still want to be a jet fighter pilot. Uh, and I and I will always love this movie, but it is it is a bad movie. But you know what? Two, I'm going two for two with bad movies that I love, and uh, I give this I give it a seven. You give it a I so I give it a six. Usually we have the same damn score. I like it. Does it pass my remote test? Boy, it's got it. So guys, for your for your background, remote test is which we're flicking around. You happen to see like holy shit, Pulp Fiction's on. I drop the remote and I know what I'm doing for the next remaining hour and whatever two hours, whatever. Yeah. I actually use an example a lot. I've never heard the ter- I've, never, I've never heard the term remote test, but I've actually had a somewhat well, conversation. Well, now I like the I like that phrase. I think I'm gonna have to incorporate it's that. Patent 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 patent. Patent. I'm just, I'm just gonna you say don't that, uh, you don't got that uh, copyright. Oh no, no, it's, it's patent pending, guys. Okay. Kevin is using it constantly now. You, well, as long as you that give credit, that's fine. I does it pass my remote test? Boy, it depends on the mood that I'm in. Would I say automatically no? No. Would I say automatically yes? Not really. I enjoy it. it as you said. It is a not good film. The last film we did was Independence Day. That's a guilty pleasure for some people. <laughs> it is cheesy. It is age cheese. I think what makes this a little bit better than most, the fucking soundtrack is still so goddamn good. It is intoxicating. How do you not get a fucking, you know, how do you not get to mess it hearing Danger Zone? Highway to the Danger Zone will always be an awesome song. You're goddamn right it will be. Second best Kenny Loggins song, though, next to I'm All Right from Caddyshack. But I like this film. Will I defend it to the day I die? I will not, but I will not gut it. Kevin Israel, did Jake and Tom gut the sacred cow? 
I think they did a very good job, and they uh, they definitely they definitely put some stabs. They definitely they definitely knocked it down, but I don't think they got it. This movie's been torn apart many times over the years, and yet it still stands. And not only does it stand, it stands well enough for them to decide to make a sequel of it, which just nobody was asking for. So I would say that unfortunately, guys, you did not cut the sacred cow, but it was a it was a very very good effort. A lot of inter- lot of lot of internal bleeding. There was a last second blood donor who came along. Did I at least nick the spleen? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, there. Yeah. Like I, said, I mean, it's, 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 it needs. It's in the emergency room. It's yeah. never going to play the piano again. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to need physical therapy, and it can't walk for at least two months. But it's, right. but it's going to recover, right? right. It, it's kind of like regarding Henry. It took a bolt in the head. It survived. It's going to take a while to recover, but he will find his way back into the world. It, nostalgia has a lot to do with everyone's opinions. I think. Tom and I have this conversation a lot. Like uh, the big difference between Tom and I is he's a big rewatcher. You know, he will see a Me movie. Too. If he likes a movie, he's going to see it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. I will see a movie go, wow, that was fun. I'm really glad I watched that movie. I never want to see it again. I'm, I'm just done. I want to have that memory of the movie because I know if I'm going to rewatch, I'm going to start noticing other things. And yep. over time, like especially movies that came out uh, that were big parts of my childhood. Uh, there's a lot of great, great movies from my childhood. I had no intention of ever watching again because I don't want that memory spoiled. Well, then yeah. don't, ever, don't ever watch Christmas Story again. First of all, I hated that to begin with. Never Ending Story. I never liked Christmas Story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know a lot of people that that's a big part of their like, you terrible. Know, Christmas, uh, Christmas movie watching thing. And no, terrible. I, my whole family hated that movie. Oh, it's awful. That Never Ending Story, also awful. By the way, and we also did in the podcast and actually was gutted was Goonies. Hmm. Yes, David, the producer, did that, didn't he? Woo, someone wow. did his homework. Yes, he did. Guys, it's been a fucking hoot and a half. Jake, yeah, you Tom, guys are awesome. Where can we find you? Uh, on Twitter, you can follow us at The Drunken Dork. If you're on Facebook, you can join a little group that we call Jake and Tom Conquer the Group. You can listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, just about anywhere where you can find a podcast. You can find Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Fantastic. I like uh, how you spoke for him. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't talk. He doesn't. I'm not a what social you, media. What do you like? His what do you like? His silent Bob to his J? No, to no, he is he is actually in many ways the brains behind the episodes. <laughs> he no, really, no. really is. Kevin Israel, I come up with the ideas and then time does all the work. Kevin Israel, where can we find you besides growing uh, another three inch long hair the next, the next time we see you? Oh yeah, my hair is just it's going. I clipped crazy. it. We, we clipped it yesterday, so that's why I I'm see. Not, I was gonna I was gonna bring yeah. up the high and tight. I do. You I did my own already for weeks. Done. So. <laughs> yeah, same here. My wife's kind of called me a bit of a hair hipster because I've been shaving my head for fifteen. Years. Oh, this is this is a creepy thing at the times. I don't know if you're gonna be able. To, yeah, you won't be able to see this. Did you guys, Cap? Did you get the emergency alert? No. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, they just, uh, we just got a New York City emergency alert about the uh, curfew. I feel it feels very V for Vendetta ish. Right about now, yeah, it's starting to. Yeah. Oof. Good guy. Um, Kevin, anyway, you can uh, find you. You can't find me anywhere live, but you can get my album, The Struggle is Real, on iTunes and everywhere else. You can find uh, that type of medium. And on social media, just search Kevin Israel, and I will be there. You can find Kevin Goatee doing stand up on YouTube when it was okay to have more than five people in a six foot radius. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Kevin Goatee, G-O-O-T-E-E. You can, of course, find guttingthesacredcow.com and buy some shirts, hats, mugs, whatever your little heart desires. I are shit. 
to have uh, to have our smiling faces on your chest, hat, or head, or whatever would be just the bee's knees, as my grandma says. She's still alive. And also, you can go to Gutting the Sacred Cow and all the social media websites, and please do us a solid and follow us. Give us a nice five-star review, two sentences would also help. And if you're looking to advertise with us, don't forget, guttingthesacredcow at hotmail.com. We want to help grow your business and or product to new levels of height. You might as well buy shit now. We're not leaving the house for another few more months, right? You may as well. (laughs) Not because of coronavirus, because people are going to try and set – you might get in a crossfire is what you might get into. Do you guys have your logo on some tidy whities? I might be interested. Oh, just no, we're, towel. Just a white you can, towel. You can get one of our faces, so you need to get two pairs. Oh. To get the that, whole set. That was Tom and I. Tom and I can send a picture of wearing just white towels in a shower, really sway. Oh, uh, you talk about spank aviators and aviators and spank bank material. I tell you what, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll put our faces on jeans that you could wear while playing volleyball. How about that? Yes. Guys, you've been a joy to have on our show. Thanks for so much for hanging. Yeah, out. Awesome job, guys. Yes, awesome. thank you, guys. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel for gutting the sacred cow. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye now. Bye, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.